Have you ever checked into a hotel and felt like you're just not alone? Well, in this episode of Retraced Echoes, we'll take you on a spine-tingling journey through the mysterious and haunting halls of the Kennebunk Inn. Nestled in the charming town of Kennebunk, the Kennebunk Inn is more than just a historical establishment. It's a place where the past and the paranormal coexist. And today, we'll explore the chilling stories that left guests and investigators in awe. For about a week, I've been painstakingly researching and looking at first-hand accounts that have gone into uncovering the most mysterious of secrets at this inn. But now, let's start the show. In the stillness of night and the quiet of our minds, we often find ourselves yearning for stories that both terrify and intrigue. Stories of otherworldly apparitions and unexplained phenomena. But have you ever stopped to wonder, where does it all begin? Welcome to Retraced Echoes. Welcome back to another episode of Retraced Echoes. It's the podcast where I dive deep into credible accounts and mysteries of the supernatural as always. I'm your host. My name is Bert. And today I got something really special planned for y'all. I think you guys are going to enjoy today's episode. But before we jump into all that, if you're enjoying my content, could you please consider hitting that subscription button or the follow button, no matter where you're listening to this podcast. If you're on the YouTube machine, please be sure to hit that notification bell. It's because of your support. It kind of helps me keep doing what it is that I love to do. And I get to bring you guys along for the ride. Now, since we got that out of the way, it's time to get down to business. Last week after the podcast, I did my randomization machine and it gave us an interesting one. It's dropping us off in Maine at Kennebuck Inn. I've done a lot of the research on the ghost stories. I've not done any of the research on the rest. So it always scares me a little bit when I'm doing these because I never truly know. I know enough to know that it's haunted. Okay, that's how we're going <laughs> to... That's, that's about all I know. I know it's haunted. I know there's ghost stories. Some of these, when I look them up, there's like two to three ghosts and or spirits. I guess it could be ghost, spirit, shadow people. Uh, this one has a little bit of everything, by the way. So I think I think you guys are going to enjoy that. But uh, this one, kind of a banger. I'm going to go into the history just a wee bit, and then we're going to jump right into the ghost stories. But this inn has been around for a long time. It's actually built in the 18th century. And this inn has seen its fair share of guests, both living and the not-so-living kind. Now, when I look at a location and the randomizer gives me a spot, one of the first thing I do is I try to figure out, based on the ghost story, what makes this place a hotbed of supernatural activity. And then after that, I dig into some of the historical documents and I look at interviews with some of the locals and ghost stories, and I look at even some of the... Uh, ghost investigators or the paranormal investigators and their scientific tests. But I dig into that a little bit more once we get into the rest of it. Now, the million dollar question, why should you care about just another podcast about another haunted inn? Well, the stories that's going to come from the Kenny Buck Inn, they're not just your run of the mill ghost stories. The ones that I found are rooted in actual events and real life accounts that, in my opinion, make them way more scary, way more chilling. We're going to hear from folks that have had firsthand accounts, and we're also going to consider other explanations just to kind of give it the, the full picture, if you, if you will. So today's episode is going to be packed with gripping narratives, some theories, even some science stuff. It's going to be aimed at unraveling the haunted mysteries of the Kenny Buck Inn. From its early beginnings 
to the current eerie happenings. But let's stop talking about it. Let's be about it. Let's jump right into the ghost stories. What you're about to hear might make you question the very fabric of reality itself. Let's go. So you say you've heard every ghost story that there is, right? Well, let me tell you the story of Silas Perkins at the Kennebuck Inn, and that will make you second guess every creaking door and every fleeting shadow you've ever encountered. Are you ready? Well, trust me, for this one, you might want to leave the light on. Silas Perkins was more than just a guest at the Kennebuck Inn. He was a part of his very soul. And even now, his spirit refuses to check out. Imagine walking into a room where Silas spent most of his days. Room 17. You put your bags down. You breathe in the musty air. And then it hits you. A cold, icy shiver running down your spine like fingertips that you can't see. You shake it off, thinking maybe it's just your nerves. But as you get ready for bed, the air grows thick, almost heavy like you're not alone. Your heart pounds as you pull the covers up to your chin, reminding yourself it's all just in your head. And then you hear it. Footsteps. Soft footsteps that get louder, inching their way from the corner of the room to the foot of your bed. Your eyes dart around the dimly lit room, but you see no one. Yet the footsteps grow closer. You hold your breath, your body rigid with fear. And just when you think you can't take it anymore, the footsteps stop. The room turns icy cold, and you know, without a shadow of a doubt, that you are not alone. Many say that these wandering steps of Silas Perkins still pace in his room, perhaps lost, perhaps searching for something, or someone. Now, experts have tried to debunk this. They've checked for creaking floorboards. They've tested for drafts. But they found nothing. Because, you see, some things can't be explained. They can only be felt. And if you ever find yourself in room 17 at the Kennebuck Inn, you'll feel it too. A presence. A shiver. A story that's as real as the air you breathe but as elusive as the wind. Think it's just a story? Well, maybe you're brave enough to spend a night in room 17. But remember, when you hear those footsteps, don't hold your breath too long because you never know when they might stop right next to you. Our next story is one that has puzzled and spooked even the bravest of souls. I invite you to walk with me down a dimly lit hallway in the Kennebunk Inn. 
to a place where the ordinary meets the extraordinary. The tale of the blue lady. She's a vision in blue, a whisper of a presence that's as mysterious as she is chilling. Picture this, you're exploring the inn. Maybe you've heard the rumors, maybe you haven't. Either way, nothing can prepare you for what's next. As you turn a corner, you catch a glimpse of her. Dressed in a blue gown, it seems to float more than the drapes. She's so vivid, yet almost transparent, like a living memory that refuses to fade away. You stand there, heart pounding, wondering if your eyes are just playing tricks on you. But before you can even blink, she vanishes, gone, leaving nothing but a sweet, lingering scent of vintage perfume and the cold that seeps deep into your bones. What makes the Blue Lady story so spine-tingling isn't just the sighting. It's what happens after, you see. There's electrical glitches, flickering lights, and most unsettling of all, whispered words in the dead of night, almost like she's trying to tell you something. Many believers says that she's looking for her lost love, a soldier who never returned from war. Her whispers, they say? Well, they're just messages of longing. Her appearances, a desperate search that has transcended time. Skeptics have tried to explain her away, suggesting reflections or light tricks or even hoaxes. But those that have met her, they know the blue lady's presence is not something you can just explain away. It's something you feel deep down in the core of your being. So if you find yourself wandering the halls of the Kennebuck Inn and you hear a soft whisper, or maybe you catch a fleeting glimpse of blue, remember the story of the blue lady. She might just be looking for someone. Could it be you? Well, you've handled the last two stories pretty well. I think it's time to delve into one of the most unsettling stories to ever emerge from the Kennebuck Inn. The Shadow Man. Trust me, you want to double check your locks and maybe even keep a flashlight handy when you hear this one. Are you ready? Here we go. The Shadow Man isn't like the other spirits that we've talked about. He isn't a long lost resident or a wandering lady in blue. No, the Shadow Man is different. He's an outline. A darkness against the dark. A figure so murky and elusive that he seems to slip right through the walls. Imagine walking back to your room after a long day of exploring the Kennebunk. The hallway is quiet, the air is still, and you're thinking about turning in for the night. But then, out the corner of your eye, you spot it. A deeper darkness, a formless shape that moves along the wall. Your heart pounds as you try to convince yourself that it's just your imagination. But then again it moves, against the flow of the dim light from the hallway lamp. The shadow takes on a human form. Your breath catches in your throat. As the figure draws closer, 
its form sharpening, but its features remain a haunting void. The air turns dense, almost suffocating, as if the figure is drawing the very life out of the room. And just when you think you're about to scream, to run, to do anything, the shadow man vanishes, absorbed into the darkness as if he was never really there. People have tried to debunk the shadow man. It's just an optical illusion, they say. It's your mind playing tricks on you. But those who have seen him can't shake the feeling that what they witnessed was real. As real as the ground beneath their feet and the fear that lingers long after the encounter. So if you ever find yourself in the Kenny Bunk Inn and you find yourself walking down a dimly lit corridor, remember this, the Shadow Man waits and he's as real as the chills that run down your spine. Don't dismiss those shifting shadows too quickly because sometimes darkness hides things, things you might not want to meet face to face. Okay, friends, gather around and get cozy. Our next story might just make you rethink every giggle and every game of hide and seek you've ever played. Let's talk about the mischievous child in the Kennybuck Inn. Are you sitting comfy? Well, you might not be for very long. Imagine if you will, you're scrolling through the inn. Maybe after dinner? Maybe before heading to your room. Out of nowhere, you hear the innocent laughter of a child echoing down the hallway. It sounds normal enough. It's just a child playing, right? But here's where it gets weird. The inn has no children checked in. Not one. So who's laughing? With your curiosity piqued, you follow the sound, and it leads you to an empty room. One that's supposed to be closed for renovations. You peer inside, and that's when you see it. A small shadow darting across the floor, giggling all the while. Your eyes go wide as the laughter suddenly stops, replaced by a hush that feels almost heavy, like the air before a storm. You shake your head. <laughs> You've let your imagination run wild, and you start to walk away. But then you feel it, a soft tug at some of your clothing. Like a child trying to get your attention, you spin around, but there's no one there. Only the lingering chill that tells you that someone or something just touched you. The mischievous child is famous for these little games, pulling on clothes, moving small objects, and even leading people on a little chase around the inn. And while you might dismiss these acts as tricks of your mind, those who felt that tiny tug or heard that laughter know better. It's no mere trick. It's a playful spirit that, for some reason, never grew up and never moved on. So the next time you're at the Kennybuck Inn and you hear the laughter of a child, think twice before you follow it. Because you might just find yourself part of a game that's as eerie as it is eternal. A game you may have never even signed up for. Well, I think it's time that we dive into a story that's deliciously spooky. A tale that proves that even ghosts 
I have a knack for culinary arts. So sit tight and make sure you're not too hungry because you're about to meet the Phantom Cook of Kennybrook Inn. Imagine, if you will, walking past the inn's kitchen late at night. It's past the hours when meals are cooked and the stoves are all turned off. Everything should be quiet, right? But wait, what's that smell? Freshly cooked bread wafts through the air, so inviting, so comforting, and yet so out of place. You pause, puzzled, and that's when you hear it. The sounds of pots and pans clinking together, as if somebody's busy cooking up a storm. But the kitchen's empty, not a soul in sight. Or so, you think. This is where the phantom cook comes in. No one knows who he was, or why he's still around. But what they do know is, he loves to cook. Guests and staff alike have heard the undeniable sounds of culinary activity. The chopping of vegetables, the sizzle of something frying, and felt their mouths watering as the smell of dishes that, as far as they know, don't exist. But don't let that delectable smell fool you. People who have decided to investigate have felt a sudden chill descend upon the kitchen, as if someone's there, watching and making sure the secret recipe stays just that, a secret. The scent vanishes, the noises stop, and you're left alone in the eerie silence wondering if what you had experienced was real or just your stomach playing tricks on you. So dear listeners, if you ever find yourself in the Kenny Buck Inn and catch the aroma of freshly baked bread or a home-cooked meal late at night, consider this. You might just be the Phantom Cook's special guest for the evening. The question is, do you dare take a closer look? When I said that this location had it all, I was not kidding, folks. This one, this one is cool because we kind of have a plethora, a whole bunch of different things to look at. Whether it be the story of Silas, I look at that almost like an intelligent style of haunting because it's acknowledging you. It's walking up to you in a bit. And how creepy would that be? I don't know what I would do. If that was me, I often talk about if I was an investigator, like what would I do in a case like that? I don't know that I would want to <laughs> sleep in that room. If I experienced something like that, I think I would nope out of that situation if we're being a buck. So I would definitely call Silas like an intelligent style haunting, but then you got the blue lady now. That one almost feels more residual to me. Seems like she's just kind of doing her own things, almost like it's a loop. So that one, I don't know. It does talk about as soon as you acknowledge her presence that she dips. But I, that that could still be residual in my mind. And then you've got the shadow man. There is so much going on with this shadow man. I see it all the time in some of the Reddit forums that I'm in. And in these stories, I'm starting to acknowledge it more and more. It's like there was a shadow man in the Shanghai tunnels. Uh, there was a there was a shadow figure in last week's also, which was the hospital story that I told. And then we got the shadow man again in this story. I kind of want to go and do a podcast on the shadow man or the fedora man, which is very similar. I think they kind of they're either the same entity or there's something very similar. 
I just keep hearing this over and over again. There's a lot of people that seems to be intrigued by that, by that subject. If you're interested in me talking about a shadow man and maybe doing an entire episode on the shadow man, let me know in the comments or hit me up in social media and say, Hey, here's what I know. Or if you've had experiences with a shadow man, let me know. I think that's definitely something that I want to dig into a little bit because there is some stories talking about the shadow man almost being like a, I guess the best way to put it is like a harbinger of things that occur. I don't know. That's just some of the basic stuff that I've looked up and kind of determined. There's also the story about the Phantom cooking. This is something that we've not really encountered in any of the podcasts that I've had so far. Like we talk about there being a spirit or a ghost there and smelling like the perfumes. That was a prime example of even in today's story, the, the blue lady. But in this case, you're smelling the smell of foods, which is very intriguing to me. <laughs> it would not be good for my keto diet. That's that's what I can tell you. <laughs> If you want to get me to explore, that's probably how you would do it. If, <laughs> if <that's, laughs> of course, you know me, I'd be, I'd be the first one to check out food, but that's me. You know, the story of the inn itself is actually pretty interesting. Like I said, at the beginning of the podcast, it dates back to the 18th century. And one of the first things I look at when I start truly doing the research is when were the first encounters? Who had the first encounters? What's the records? Are there any identifying stories from individuals? And this one had a decent amount. The activities didn't seem to start occurring until the 1900s. And that's when people kind of started sharing some of the stories. The first recorded account that I could find was from a night watchman named Henry. Just Henry, no last name which kind of makes you wonder, right? Henry wrote in the inn's logbook about hearing footsteps and laughter when no one else was around. He thought it was probably just kids playing some pranks, but when he went to check it out, he found nothing but empty halls, locked doors. I mean, imagine, it's late at night, you think you got the whole place yourself and then you hear it. You hear laughter, you hear banging, running. That's just creepy, am I right? Now, the next record that I found was from a guest that dated back to the 1940s. And this guy was a self-proclaimed skeptic. He didn't believe in ghosts, didn't believe in anything supernatural. The one thing that caught his attention was when he was out in the hallway, he could smell the faint smell of bread. And that was getting made in the middle of the night. Now, at first, he didn't think anything about it because some in some restaurants, they start cooking their breads and stuff like that late at night. And then it would be ready for the next morning. But... This was long before the kitchen staff had actually arrived at this inn on that specific day. And the guest, he was not scared very easily, but even he admitted that he felt a little uncomfortable, like he wasn't alone. Uh, he even said he, that, that he heard soft whispers, uh, but he couldn't make out any words. And after that night, he became a believer. Can't say that I blame him. If I would have experienced all that, I probably also would have been a designated believer. And again, it would not have fared well for Makito. Now that very guest is another that we talked about today already. The name of that guest was Silas Perkins. Now Silas, he was well known. He was a shipbuilder and he was in Kennebunk Port. That was all during the 19th century. And he said that he had frequented the inn during his lifetime 
And it's interesting that he was the one in the 1940s that was talking about these things. He didn't believe in the supernatural. Now, when you go to the inn, there's a room that people say that he's in. So he may not have believed in it at one point, then he ended up believing into it. And now he is just that. Maybe he is also walking the floors of that very inn. That's a it's coming around full circle. Kind of creeps me out a little bit. <laughs> oh, man. So another story came from a housekeeper. Their name was Emily. It was in the 1970s. She was doing her rounds cleaning rooms when she felt like a cold gust of air and it passed right by her. Now, the windows were closed. The heating was on. So where would this have came from? She clearly shrugged it off. But when she left the room, she heard a child giggle, which... We all know what story that is. She quickly turned around, but there was no one there. Emily spoke to her co-workers about it, and many of them had told her about this mischievous child, and they had experienced things very similar to that also. So it's definitely interesting that a lot of these stories are going to come from people from within the wall. So they're there, they're working, they're doing their thing. They don't really have anything to benefit by telling these stories. They're are stories from people that stayed at the end silas obviously being one of them but he ended up being an apparition himself uh there's also the apparition of the blue lady they always talk about disembodied voices they'll hear eerie voices whispers that's heard in the empty rooms in the hallways and when they would go to check there would never be anyone there the cold spots which is an obvious one i think whenever there's paranormal activity cold spots is just kind of the it's the norm. There's always a sudden drop in temperature, particularly in specific rooms and corridors. Uh, moving objects. Objects have been known to move on their own, including furniture, small items, without any apparent physical cause. I think once you get to furniture, that's a weird one, because obviously that has a lot more weight. There's electrical appliances and lights that's been known to malfunction or flicker with no explanation. Another big one is people feeling like they've been touched. A lot of guests have reported feeling like a gentle tug um, on their clothing when there's no one presence, which the tug always feels like it's from below, which gives them the impression of like a child, which they hear that child giggle also. So it kind of goes hand in hand and the feeling of presence. Many visitors describe like a sense of being watched, feeling of an unseen presence during their stay. There's just so much. This location has a lot. And this is a location that I don't really remember seeing a lot of paranormal investigators go to. Maybe that's not the case. I've done a little bit of research. I haven't seen a lot. I've seen a lot of smaller investigation teams here, but I've not seen a big investigation group here, which this one would be interesting. It's an end for goodness sake. So it should be relatively easy to, <laughs> to get in there and do things. Jeezy Peach, just order a room for the night for goodness sakes. Let's dip into why people think that this location's haunted. What's the theories behind it? So there's a few actually, one of them being, of course, a residual haunting. The inn has been standing since the 18th century. So Whenever people believe that there's emotions that get locked into the area, it can leave what's known as like a lasting impression. Some believe that the energies from past events or strong emotional can get stuck there. It's kind of like they loop. Uh, we're talking about 
in this case, years of laughter, uh, probably tons of sorrow and everything in between. But maybe that's what could be fueling some of these. I find the story of Silas being interesting because it's walking up to the person. So it kind of wants to know what's going on there. So I truly believe residual probably fits like the blue lady, maybe even the, the child. Silas, I give that one an intellectual. So the theory behind that is, is that it's not necessarily an event that's replaying, but a more wise energy of sorts. I kind of wish it was that way for the kid too, though, just because I don't know the energy of kids. Again, I don't necessarily know that it always has to be a bad thing. So it could have just been emotion that got locked in there from a child event too. Now, others believe that Silas could be like an unfinished business kind of thing. So, you know, he was a shipbuilder and that's no easy task. His job would come with a fair amount of stress and responsibility. So if he stayed there a lot and he was just kind of working on these ships and then going back and forth, maybe that got locked there. I don't know. The intelligence side of it definitely kind of fits for me. Uh, another thing that they talk about is earthly energies. Uh, this one is more for our scientifically minded friends. Uh, the area where the end is, uh, they thought may have had like a higher concentration of natural energy or like a magnetic field. That could be what it is, but there's no major definitive proof. That was just a theory that was brought up. Um, now, obviously, the, there's some spirits that come off as playful, but again, kind of goes into that realm where you don't know, like the mischievous child. Even, I guess, the Phantom Cook pit could be that way too, because it's almost like it's drawing you in. It almost seems like it's more playful or like there's a purposed intent. Like maybe they're not here to scare us, but maybe to, to get our attention for some reason. I don't know. And of course, there's psychological factors, right? The last one that I kind of want to consider is just this in our minds plays tricks on us sometime. The inn is known for hauntings. So people who's going there to expect or experience something strange, they're going to find it. Uh, it could be just their minds playing tricks on them. I mean, even if I went there hearing these stories, I would think that anything that I heard would probably fit into, <laughs> into the narrative. I don't know. There's obviously the community belief, um, which I think sometimes they, they say that can manifest experiences. So if there's a lot of people in an area that believes that, hey, this is going on, there's a theory that that can manifest into something else. I guess that doesn't really fit into like the psychological factor. It kind of does, but it kind of doesn't because it's an entire city. I don't know. But there's at least, we're going to say six then. We're going to say there is the residual. Actually, there's probably like seven. There's going to be residual haunting, intellectual haunting, unfinished business, earthly energies, attention seeking. Uh, that would be like the phantom cook, the mischievous child, the psychological factors. That's where you think. And then we're going to say community belief. So that'd be seven. I don't know. What do you think? What do you think? Could it be one of these sevens? Is it something I'm not even thinking of? 
Those are the ones that I think would fit the best or that has been said about this location is the most likely. All right, now I don't want to spend a ton of time here, but I do want to look at the scientific parts of it. Like what is other investigators that I've seen using here to kind of solidify some of the proof, right? So some of them are using the EMF. There was a group of paranormal investigators who attended there with EMF detectors and they found some interesting things. They did find a few anomalies, uh, particularly in areas where the most sightings had occurred, like the kitchen, uh, certain guest rooms. Uh, there was also thermal imaging. They did have a few spots that was unusually cold. Uh, they found a few spots that they couldn't explain, such as near the staircase. And that is often where the mischievous child is. The start of it is being heard. Uh, there was also audio captured. So that's known as like an EVP, electric voice phenomena. But while some of the recordings featured unexplainable sounds like whispers or footsteps, it's important to note that these can be influenced by external noises. Um, I hate to not say that they're real, but even when I listen to them, I'm like, man, without knowing that place is completely shut off. That one just didn't sell me super hard. Now that I've only watched two different investigators and they weren't big on that. I don't know. Like if I did ghost investigation, y'all would probably say the same thing. I was just an outside source. I don't know. Now playing devil's advocate, it's worth mentioning that not all investigations have found evidence supporting that the end is even haunted, right? Some skeptics have spent the night without experiencing anything out of the ordinary. But again, not everyone is sensitive to the spiritual realm. So I don't know. Science gives us clues, but they don't solve the mysteries completely. And in my opinion, whether you're a skeptic or you're a believer, it's hard to ignore the compelling findings that kind of bring us a little bit closer. And a lot of the stories that come from, whether it be like the night watchmen or the old housekeepers, there's some to those stories. You can't put, you can't put evidence out there or these stories and just straight out disprove them. The truth is probably somewhere in the middle. Now, where that is, we may never know. You know what I should do is kind of dig into some of the skeptic point of view since we're kind of talking about some of that stuff. There are a lot of counter arguments that I found. Uh, people that don't believe that this inn is haunted at all. They talk about the electrical issues and one of the common explanations is that there's just electrical problems there. <laughs> so they say the ghostly activities could be that just that of like a faulty wiring or like an old electrical system, which is true. I can definitely understand where they're coming from. Uh, they do talk about pareidolia. Um, for anyone that doesn't know, it's like when you see something that's not uh, like a prime example, when you're a kid, you would say, hey, what's that cloud look like? And, you know, you look up and it might look like a face. Well, that's pareidolia. And it's just basically the brain tries to find patterns like faces. Um, I don't know. But a lot of skeptics will argue that sometimes when you think you see something, so in the case of like the shadow man or even some of the other cases we talked about, it could just be your mind playing tricks on you. And I actually see this a ton in a few Reddit forums. A lot of people will post pictures and I'm like, that's just pareidolia. Like there's there's nothing there. I understand why they're seeing what they're seeing, but it's, it's not there. 
Um, another big one, natural causes. Uh, so like the cold spots or like the sudden temperature drops, they say that's probably like drafts or poor insulation or there's always like some type of a natural cause. But some of the stories, it doesn't make sense for that, right? Like the maid was talking about all the windows was closed. She double checked them. The heating was on. So there's not like a good reason for like that sudden temperature drop. But I mean, we're going to bring it up. That's what skeptics will say. Uh, another big one, sometimes when people expect to see something, we talked about it earlier, they're more likely to interpret events as being supernatural when it's really not. So again, the Kenny Bunk Inn is known for being haunted. So for those that are looking for that, it's more likely that they'll believe that just ordinary events are that as supernatural. Uh, one of the last things they talked about from a skeptic's point of view was lack of just proof, evidence. Uh, no one has yet captured a full crystal clear picture of a ghost um, or even like the EVPs. It's oftentimes hard to make out what's being said. So a lot of times they consider it whispered uh, or should I say whispers or footsteps like that can be again. It's there's just so much to it. Like the skeptics have valid arguments on some of this. So I get it. I wish there was a bigger investigation team that went here and, and looked into it. I really do. But regardless, we always look at the skeptical point of view. We don't want to be one sided. We kind of want to look at both, but definitely an interesting way to look at some of this. I think that some of their reasoning is logical, but some of it's kind of like, come on, we're grasping. They could say that about us too. So, <laughs> so I get both sides. I feel like we did a pretty good deep dive into this thing without going two hours. Now, here at the end of the podcast, there's something very important that I'm going to talk about here towards the end. So you're definitely want to, you're going to want to hang in for that, especially if you're a a Burt fan on the Reddit side, because there's a few things that we're going to need to talk about on the on the Reddit side for sure. Um, obviously, if you've been here, I'd love to hear about it. I want to know, have you been here? Have you heard things? Have you encountered any of these things? Maybe you know someone who has. Let me know. Hit me up on social media. Tell me some of your stories. Maybe it's something I want to bring to a future podcast. You never know. Also, if you enjoyed this podcast, I do another podcast with my friend Nick called Deceptive Reality. That comes out every Friday. And it's similar to this to a degree. We do cover hauntings. Uh, this week is going to be a haunting case, so you're going to want to tune into that one. Uh, another thing to remember is we don't just cover hauntings. We do things like anything that unsolved mysteries would have covered back in the day. So Bigfoot, uh, Mothman, maybe the Loch Ness Monster at some point. Basically anything. We also cover unsolved cases, so... Even if it's a case like the Circleville letters, we've covered it all. Definitely check it out. I think you'll definitely enjoy it. All right. Another big thing that I want to talk about. This is not something that I hoped to cover on any of my podcasts, but I feel like I need to. There's been a series of you that have came from Reddit, which I definitely can appreciate. I've been a member of r slash ghosts for a while, maybe, I don't know, a year I was actually in that forum as a different name, which I still have that account. It's just, it doesn't really reflect around the supernatural. So I'm trying to keep those two worlds separate, but 
it's interesting to me. I've tried to contribute a decent amount. And what I do is like a prime example, a lot of these stories that I tell on this podcast, I provide over there kind of like a small snapshot. And I've taken a little bit of heat from people over there, which it's Reddit, right? You're going to take a little bit of heat. There's going to be people to, that's like, I can't believe you included these photos and yada, yada, et cetera, et cetera, which I don't really care about, right? It is what it is. The problem that I've noticed here lately is that the moderators have been taking down some of my content, but leaving other content up. Like they may take five or six of my posts down and then leave four or five up, which is very weird to me. There's no rhyme or reason. Like at first I thought maybe it was just the ones where there were photos, not the case. I still have some up that have photos. Then again, there's others where I'm like, Maybe they think these stories are fake, but then I look at the other ones and I'm like, there's no way it's fake. You can Google any of these and you can see that these are verified accounts. And by verified, what I mean is verified known as haunted locations. And the entities that I speak about are known entities within the community. And we're talking about a Reddit called r slash ghosts. Like these are ghost stories. I'm not bringing like Robert the doll was not a ghost story. I didn't take it there. I did put it in my own personal subreddit for uh, retraced echoes, but like I'm only putting things as ghost there. But anyway, they're starting to take down comments and they're deleting some of my posts. So I don't know what's going on there. So if you're from that community, if you sent me a message in that community and I didn't respond, it's probably because they took either the comment down or they took the entire post down and I can't even respond to it. Uh, another big thing there, because of the way things have kind of went, I want to do my own, which is called certifiable ghosts. And what my goal is, because a lot of the people in Ghost, you know, they have pictures or maybe they got audio or they got video or they got ghost stories or maybe they got questions. I want to build a community of people that's like-minded, that are respectful, that allows everyone there. Now, in the same regard, like I'm not going to be advertising my stuff there, my podcast stuff like that. I don't expect anyone else to do it too. So if you're just going to come there to try to use it as a platform for people to watch your content or listen to your content, that's not what it's all about now. If you provide info there, which is similar to what I did in our ghost, right? Like I never once promoted my podcast. Now that is a part of my life. So if someone asked me like, how do you know so much about this? I would be like, well, I do have a podcast. I do some research because I want them to understand this isn't just me shooting from the hip, but I never said the name of the podcast. Now, if they went and looked no differently than if someone comes into certified ghosts, r dash certified ghosts. If your content somewhere else, they're going to see that. Let people find it that way. But I don't know. I was very disappointed to see that the mods was doing that to me because I feel like I contribute a nice array of things that people, it starts conversations. It's amazing. A lot of times there was one post I have on there has 109,000 views and they took it down. They took it down to 109,000. There was probably 25 or 30 comments on that post. There was 20 some shares. So the, the ones that I could save 
I cross posted those over to Certified Ghosts. So anyone that wanna wants to read my stuff going forward, I'm probably just gonna put it there. I mean, at this point, it doesn't make sense to try to do it on our ghosts anymore, which sucks because there's a lot of really cool people over there that I will hate not interacting with or not interacting as much with, but it's definitely something that I felt like had to be said. And with that, we've kind of come to the end of another, well, I'm going to call this a thrilling episode of Retraced Echoes. We've kind of journeyed through the mysterious halls. We've listened to spine chilling stories and we've delved into scientific investigations as well as looked at the skeptical viewpoints. That's a roller coaster in and of itself. But as we wrap up, let's talk about another upcoming episode that we've got coming up. I'm going to try to do a special Halloween episode, which will come out Halloween day. So you're going to want to keep your ears posted for that. As you all know, typically I upload on Wednesdays, but I'm probably going to drop a special episode for Halloween. I just think that's, you know, this is, this is kind of a ghost story kind of thing. I think it'd be cool. Maybe I'll do a fictional set of ghost stories there. So I can add some sound effects, kind of make it spooky. I don't know. That's where my head is anyway. So definitely check into that. And remember, as you drift off to sleep tonight, the creeks in your house, they're probably just the house settling. Or are they? Until I see you in the next podcast, goodbye.